Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Welcome to this edition of our 11 o'clock program. Today I'm going to do something a little different. I've been having this in my heart and trying to figure out a way to get it across to you for some time. So I titled it Bible Prophecy, Central Banks, Income Tax, and the Antichrist Agenda for Total Population Control. This is going to be different, but if you'll stick with me for this full hour, it's going to be a great education to you. You're never going to excel in something you don't understand. And very, very few people and probably fewer Christians understand how money works, how the world money system works. I want you to take your Bible. By the way, that video was from a man named Aaron Russo doing an interview in 2007, 2006, I believe. In fact, it might have even been 05. That's true, Frank. Frank said you all need to hit the like and share button. That's true. This one is worth getting out. This one's worth sharing. I want you to take notes on this. It's not your typical Bible lesson by any means. I watched this in 2007 or 8 during the financial, uh, the mortgage collapse in the United States, and it really had a profound effect on me. Turn to Exodus chapter 1. Verse 8, eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, if war breaks out, they'll join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers. First of all, it's interesting how it's come into the conscious of people by the media that any time people bring up that, that there's men in power who have an agenda, oh, that's conspiracy theory. Let me tell you something. If you're a Christian and you don't believe in conspiracies, then you don't believe in the Bible. Because here's one right here in Exodus 1. A plan by people in power to essentially destroy the Hebrew children, God's people. Daniel, I mean, if you don't believe in conspiracy, rip the book of Daniel out of your Bible. Men conspired to make laws to frame Daniel and get him killed. So it's low-level thinking to think that there's people in power that just go go to work 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, scratching their heads, thinking about what laws they can write that will really benefit people. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that get into politics who have good hearts and good intentions, but it doesn't stay that way for long. Nothing's changed since Bible days. And I'm going to show you a parallel between Exodus then and America, and probably more so Europe and Canada, South Africa. Now, this is going to teach you how the world works. So you're not a brain-dead Christian, which there's already too many of, but it won't be you. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves, They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, 
the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. The more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied. And the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Puah. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. Pharaoh questions them about it. Verse 19, the Hebrew women responded, the, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They're more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we can't get there in time. So what did God do when they lied to Pharaoh? So God was good to the midwives. God was good to the midwives, I swear. It says in the, in the other translations, he blessed them. He must have not wanted to put that God blessed them for lying to Pharaoh, but that is what he did. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mightily. That's Exodus 1.20. Therefore the people multiplied and grew mightily, and so it was because the midwives fear, feared God that he provided their own households for them. So notice how that desire to enslave the population economically is tied to abortion. Pharaoh wanted them to work morning till night for low wages and build his kingdom as slaves, and he wanted children killed. It's the same spirit now. And I mean, it's, not, it's no stretch in theology. You learn it about anywhere you go to study theology. That what you see carried out in Exodus, where God protected and prospered his people in the midst of Pharaoh's rule and brought them out and then delivered them out of his hand, loaded with silver and gold, is a type of what God will do with the church in the world. Egypt is the world system. And the children of God who believed God and honored God were protected and then brought out of his hand. I want you to understand the system that you live in right now. Because I'm going to ask you a question. If What's the difference between being an Israelite in Egypt, forced to work all day? Obviously, if they're working all day, they give you food. You have food. They had a place to live. They could get married. But all they did was work, and they had nothing to show for it. They own no property. So they don't call you a slave. But if you're doing the exact same thing now, if you work all day, your wife works all day, your children are dropped off at early school education, kept through school. Now, what's Joe Biden saying? It's not his plan. He's a puppet. We want to introduce an extra grade, pre-pre-kindergarten. Yeah, I'm going to show you a system that's in place. And unlike many people that deal with these subjects, I'm not just going to sign off and be depressed and we can all smoke weed and take antidepressants. I'm going to show you God's plan to destroy that plan. Thanks for joining me today. This is Bible Prophecy, Central Banks, Income Tax, the Antichrist Agenda for Total Population Control. Play the last video I sent you after I gave you the title and everything on the way in.
Watch this. Well, one of the things they told me was that um, he well, is at the house one night, and uh, we were talking, he would talk, and he started laughing. He said, Aaron, what do you think women's liberation was about? This, this is a gentleman I'm going to introduce you to called Aaron Russo. He was friends with uh, the Rockefeller family, and he's going to tell you what, what they told him. He's no, like, he's not some bum they found and did an interview with. He's a movie producer. He, he, uh, he produced Trading Spaces, the comedy, entertainer out of Chicago, and he got hooked in with powerful people, and he figured out how the world works. I, I, this is a, an interview with him, and I'm going to play you another thing by him that I want you to see because it was very life-changing for me. By the end of this program, you will see how the world works. Go ahead. Keep me on the side. Well, one of the things they told me was that um, he well, was at the house one night, and uh, we were talking, he would talk, and he started laughing. He said, Aaron, what do you think women's liberation was about? And uh, I said, I had pretty conventional thinking about it at that point. I said, things about women having the right to work, getting equal pay with men, just like they won the right to vote. You know, and he started to laugh. He said, you're an idiot. And I said, why am I an idiot? He said, you want, let me tell you what that was about. We, the Rockefellers, funded that. We funded Women's Lib, you know. And we're the ones who got all over the newspapers and television, the Rockefeller Foundation. He says, and you want to know why? He said, there were two primary reasons. And they were, one reason was we couldn't tax half the population before Women's Lib. And the second reason was now we get the kids in school at an early age. We can indoctrinate the kids how to think. It breaks up their family. The, the kids start looking at the state as the family, as the school, as the officials, as their family, not as the parents teaching them. And so those are the two prim primary reasons for women's love, which, which I thought up to that point was a noble thing. You know, when I saw their intentions behind it, where they were coming from when they created it, the thought of it, I saw, I saw the evil behind what I thought was a noble adventure. Yeah. Aaron, did you know that Gloria Steinem in one of her own books now admits the CIA funded Miss Magazine? No, I had no idea about that. No, I never heard that. Yeah, we're gonna the CIA funded Miss Magazine? Funded Miss Magazine with the stated goal of taxing women and breaking up the family. No kidding. I never heard that. Well, Nick told me. I mean, I mean, I know it, but not because I know the CIA was involved in it. Well, she, Gloria Starr was proud of it. Oh, the CIA wanted to help me help women. No and, kidding. So they funded it. Yeah. And, and of course, it's divide and conquer. Right. And, and of course. what they do is they focus in, obviously, on real problems. Women were getting shafted in many ways, but the elite didn't, wasn't planning to help them. They were planning to really shaft them and take men away from them. Look at what they did with black families. You only had about 10% of legitimacy 50 years ago. Uh, in black communities, and now it's over 90%. And look at welfare. You were going to give you some money, but you can't have a man in the house. Right. And so that was further to degrade the family. Yeah. Totally destroyed, uh, and, and, and now illegitimacy is over 50% in the general population. Right. Well, see, the whole thing is, is these people control the money, so they make all the rules. You understand? And, and they put whatever rules they want into effect. And the truth is, America has really become a socialist, communist country. And nobody, everybody says it's a capitalist country. It's not a capitalist country. You know, how can it be capitalistic when you have a central bank? <laughs> That's the first, you can't, it can't be. You know, the it's money. It's a planned economy. 
It's a plan to kind. It's, it's, it's a phony. If they want to create prosperity, they just print dollars. They just make dollars or put digits into the economy. And, they, and then now you have prosperity. You don't have real prosperity. You don't have real manufacturing. You just have, you just have money being injected in. It's an infusion of credit. Which only they, makes the government go into more. They need to. You need to boost the audio on, on the video for when we play it. So there's, there's Aaron Russo in an interview. And uh, I know this isn't Beyonce or Cardi B or anything exciting and fast-paced with lights. But if you'll watch this with me and take notes, I'm going to watch it with you again. I selected portions of a documentary that Aaron Russo did called From Freedom, Freedom to Fascism. And I want you to... Uh, I want you to watch it with me, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some points at the end of it. I selected a, a couple parts out of it that's going to allow you to see how the money system works so that you don't blank out when people talk about it. I've watched Dr. Rodney talk about this at his meetings, about central banks and all that, and the Christians in the crowd just look like deer. So this is not shout breakthrough three times to get your breakthrough. This is going to put an understanding in you about the system you're in. So you don't turn into an idiot that thinks this is Democrat against Republican. Thanks. Namibia loves you. Keep up the good work. I love you, Namibia. All right, let's watch. Keep me on the set. Keep in mind, this was 2005. It's, it's going to be pretty stunning. was 1913. Woodrow Wilson was president and powerful banking interests who had been trying for years finally achieved their long-term goal of a silent coup d'etat by taking control of the American government. The first thing they did to accomplish their takeover was convince Secretary of State Philander Knox to lie to the American people and tell them that the 16th Amendment the income tax amendment had been legally ratified by the states when it was not. The bankers knew that this tax would ultimately end up in their pockets. Because of this fraud, the American people were led to believe there was now a tax on their labor. Congress and the president are completely aware of this fraud, and it was even cited in a recent court case. That very same year, the bankers committed their second and by far 
the most diabolical fraud ever perpetrated on the American people by bribing senators to pass the Federal Reserve Act without the required constitutional amendment. All in favor say aye. They did this during Christmas vacation where many senators were home celebrating the holidays with their families. And that's how the unconstitutional Federal Reserve Act came into being. They were very clever and they understood that whoever issued the money for America would control the government. The bankers won and the American people lost because most politicians will sell their soul for a dollar. And now the Federal Reserve could issue dollars legally. As Mayor Rothschild said, give me control of a nation's money supply and I care not who makes its laws. He knew that he and the other bankers would now control the laws of the nation. Government gave these bankers one of its most important powers and now had to borrow money from them and pay interest to finance the government. So the American people were forced to lower their standard of living and pay a graduated income tax to the government just so the government could give these bankers more profits. President Woodrow Wilson, who signed the Federal Reserve Act into law, later said, in regret, I am a most unhappy man. I have unwittingly ruined my country. A great industrial nation is now controlled by its system of credit. We are no longer a government by free opinion, no longer a government by conviction and the vote of the majority, but a government by the opinion and duress of a small group of dominant men. The Federal Reserve was created by Congress in 1913, and it was entrusted with the power granted originally to the Congress by the U.S. Constitution to coin money and regulate the value thereof. Hi, Jen. I'm Aaron Russo. I produced the movie Trading. Is this a joke? Am I gonna no, 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 it's not a joke. Okay, no, 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 no. I produced the movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and The Rose with Ben Midler. Many movies. I'm doing a feature film, and uh, my film is about my quest to find out whether or not people pay income taxes. Do you pay an income tax? Yes, I do. You do. Yeah. Have you ever seen a law that requires you to pay an income tax? Have I ever read it? Do you mean in the page, black and white? No, no. So you pay the income tax, I assume? Uh, of late. Well, actually, no, I didn't file last year, but... Uh, okay. I'm sorry, is this on film? No, I paid my tax. My question to you is, have you ever seen a law that says you have to pay an income tax? The 
law is that guy that wears that badge and a gun. That's the one that puts you in jail. That's the law. Actually, I can't stand the IRS. Okay. They're evil. Okay. Do you have any fear of the IRS? Um, not, not really, because I'm Canadian. I think it's actually unconstitutional, is what I've heard. Right. But, um, but to avoid any hassle, I pay it. If there was no law and I wasn't afraid of them coming and taking me to jail, absolutely I wouldn't pay taxes. Okay, then no, I wouldn't pay income taxes. Um, it's a no-brainer. You wouldn't pay it. I wouldn't pay it. Why would anybody? Because they, you know, that's, that's what they tell us we must do, else we're bad Americans. Would you pay it? No. Would you pay it? No. Why would you pay taxes if you don't have to? What if I told you that the, all your money that the income tax pay, that's paid into the income tax, just goes to pay the interest on the national debt? That's incredible. That's yeah. truly incredible. I thought it was for infrastructure and all the other stuff. The income tax is not legal because it would be a direct tax and it is not apportioned as the Constitution demands. If it's against the Constitution, then why are we doing it? expected that of course there's a law that you can point to in the law book, the code that requires you to file a tax return. Of course there is. I mean, I don't know what it is right then as we, as he was speaking to me, but sure. So naively, I agreed to go off and research it and get back to him. Three and a half months later, I was at that point where I couldn't find the statute that clearly made a person liable, uh, at least not me and uh, most people I know. And I had no, no choice in my mind except to, to resign. I had to leave the IRS because I presented uh, evidence that I had accumulated indicating that the agency was violating the law and violating people's rights. And I asked the agency for a response to my sincere concerns. And the answer I got was that they would not respond to my concerns and that they would uh, provide me with the paperwork necessary to tender my resignation. The We the People Foundation for Constitutional Education put a full-page ad in the USA Today on July 7, 2000. And within the body of that ad was a $50,000 challenge for anyone that could show the law. And to me, $50,000 is a lot of money. So I went after that. 
and did the research based on the fact that I thought, let's put this baby to bed. I'm hearing all these rumors. You know, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I'll answer these people's questions that are asking me, and then I'll win this $50,000. And, you know, based on the research that I did throughout the year 2000 and that I'm still doing, I have not found that law. I've asked uh, Congress. We've asked a lot of people in the IRS, IRS commissioners, helpers. They can't answer because if they answer, the American people are going to know that this whole thing is a fraud. I was surprised to hear these highly trained and decorated IRS agents jumping ahead ten minutes. There was no law requiring American citizens to file a ten. I believe that in both spirit and substance, our tax system has come to be un-American. Death and taxes may be inevitable, but unjust taxes are not. The country's taxes must be fixed, and I know what to do with it. If you think you're paying too much now, just wait till I get through with it. I'd like to ask you something. Mm -hmm. What does the government do with all the money we give them in taxes? When President Reagan was elected, one of the first things that he did was appoint a blue ribbon panel of, of business people headed by Peter Grace and is commonly referred to as the Grace Commission. And they their job was to research uh, all the various areas of the federal government and make a report. One of the quotes from the Grace Commission is, 100% of what is collected is absorbed solely by interest on the federal debt. All individual income tax revenues are gone before one nickel is spent on the services taxpayers expect from government. If we pay the salaries of the congressmen and the senators, we're supporting them, aren't we? Well, yes. Yeah. Well, then why can't we list them as dependents and deduct them? <laughs> been brainwashed. People have been told, you know, that you need this income tax system to fund government, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, my question is, well, if that's true, how did we fund government from 1776 to 1913? The main purpose of the income tax is not to raise revenue, but to redistribute wealth and to control society. And a lot of people uh, might say, well, gee, if there wasn't an income tax, what would happen to education? They don't understand uh, that education is paid for, for the most part, out of state and local taxes, your property tax. People might say, well, how are we going to build and maintain our highways if there's no money coming in to the government? We need our highways. There is a tax on every gallon of gasoline that people buy. Proceeds from the income tax do not pay for highway construction. The amount of money that we spend on defense is exactly equal to the amount of corporate income tax, which is quite legal and quite Boss, constitutional. I think we should not want. So you understand they're not saying that there shouldn't be any taxes. They're saying that the federal income tax, which did not exist in America until 1913, is unconstitutional, and it just goes directly into the central bank. Pharaoh's pocket, if you will. Because... Do you remember that list they showed of all the indirect taxes you pay? I want everybody to do an exercise today. Everything you buy today, look at the receipt and look how much goes to certain taxes. Take your old cell phone bill and look how many things go to taxes. Take your gas receipt. Like they said, highways aren't paid for by your federal income tax. When you fill up for gas, I mean, what is it now? Three something a gallon, depending on where you live. I think... Over half, somebody can correct me in the comments, 40% to, to, to 50, 55% is all tax. 
You're not paying for gas. You're just, everything you buy, a portion of that is, is going to something without your consent. So this is not anti-any tax. It's showing you that the, the Federal Reserve is a private entity. I don't know if we're going to play it on this one or not, but one of the gentlemen has a quote, the Federal Reserve is no more federal than Federal Express. It's a private banking company. They loan the money. They, they print our money and loan it to us and charge us interest for doing so on the money they give to the government. And then they tax you to pay them back. It's a silent way to take a country over. And any world leader that goes against that scheme gets killed. Gaddafi would not allow the central banks in Libya. He was going to develop their own currency backed by African gold, an African currency, and they killed him. And they say he's a wicked man and a wicked dictator. Well, he was in power since 19, you know, since I was a little boy. Why did he get wicked all of a sudden when he decided to make that move? You oppose these bankers, you die. They're, they're arguably the most wicked men. You know, you, and I'll get back to the video, but you go to Revelation, and the Bible talks about weep Babylon, weep you merchants. It's not talking about people that work. It's talking about the money, the people that for money destroy people's lives. This is the system. You're never going to understand the blessing of God, why it's necessary, the power of the tithe, why you hook your money in with God's system. Because without God, you're finished. There's a system in place to keep you working and poor from the time you're born till the time you die. And you need to understand it. Continue. The income tax for several reasons. One is that it is the instrument of totalitarianism. It is the means by which the government can manipulate people and put you into a condition of, of servitude. Every year you give the federal government a, a form that says, here's how my money worked. If you lie, you could go to prison. So you're required to give them a financial statement that under, you know, the force of law could put you in prison if it's not impeccable, right? And under the law, they're supposed to do the same. They're supposed to give you back a financial statement that says, here's what we did with your money, except you comply and they don't. In fiscal uh, 99, the Department of Defense had 1.1 trillion of undocumentable adjustments. The following year, they had 2.3 trillion of undocumentable adjustments. I decided to call the IRS. I spoke to Anthony Pause. Burke in media relations. So remember that the next time they say they need to raise taxes. It's not a revenue problem. It's being stolen. Your money legally stolen. We need to raise taxes so we can help people in the inner cities. The money doesn't go there. No tax revenue goes to help people. Federal tax. Continue. He was very nice to me. Jump in two minutes. I explained to him that I was an award-winning film producer. See if I can... What do you... The Constitution can tax almost anything, as long as it apportions the tax if it's direct. Jump it two more minutes. 
during the reclearance of the Constitution. It says, based on the research performed by the Congressional Research Service, there is no provisions which specifically Play the last minute. require an individual to pay an income tax. When you ever get a create of the funds. The Internal Revenue Code, Title 26, there's nothing specific in there. I mean, even the FBI feared the IRS. You have to understand that an agency which will unlawfully impose a tax that doesn't exist is not going to care. If we the people don't know what our rights are, they're not going to tell us. If Americans just learned that the IRS was actually knowingly deceiving them, that that, enough, that would be enough for them to rise up and put a stop to it. This small booklet includes the Constitution of the United States, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence. This is a document that every citizen should read. It's a document which freed an entire nation. This is the Internal Revenue Code, and this document, and it, the unlawful application of this document by the Internal Revenue Service has enslaved the nation that this document attempted to free. It's true. They're going after Donald Trump now on what? Tax and finance stuff. Because there's nobody that can follow that book. It's, it's thicker than the Bible and it changes every year. And then they can, they can uh, what do they call it? They can, they can pass laws retroactively. So like in 1988, you did file your taxes legally, but then they retroactively pass a law and now it's illegal. The old Stalin quote. Give me the man and I'll show you the crime. If you investigate anybody's finances enough, you can put them in prison. Because it's impossible to follow that code. Second part. Can a microscopic tag be implanted in a person's body to track his every movement? There's actual discussion about that. You will rule on that. Pause Mark back to me real quick. Words before. Um, he skips. See, if you read in the beginning of the movie, he said he started out to investigate whether the income tax was just or unjust, but then as he did the investigation and got into the money system, remember, this is 2005. He realized there was a plan. Now, if we have cash, then they can't control all your money because you could, you could make private sales. I could buy something from Nick right now privately and not report it. So if you go cashless, where everything's digital, then everything's traced. And to steal from people, which is, which is what the whole plan, which is what's being done. People aren't poor because they don't work. People are literally, you know, your money's being stolen from you through inflation, through unjust taxation. So the ultimate plan, he finds out, as, a, as, a, as not a Christian, is to get something implanted into people's hands that will store all their money. Just like it says in Revelation. A one-world government and a one-world economy, that's what he ends up discovering. So here it is, start from the beginning. This is an, a young Senator Joe Biden telling a Supreme Court justice what he's going to have to rule on in the future. This stuff's been in the works for a long time. Go ahead. Can a microscopic tag be implanted in a person's body to track his every movement? There's actual discussion about that. You will rule on that. Mark my words before your tenure is over. 
Homeland Security folks, uh, the Department of Defense and others have uh, expressed an interest in being able to more closely monitor the U.S. populace. And one way to do that, of course, would be being able to determine who buys what and uh, where they take those things. Radio waves can travel through walls, they can travel through wood, they can travel through the things we normally rely on to protect our privacy. Uh, for example, your purse, your backpack, your pocket, anything you're wearing or carrying. Kraft Philadelphia cream cheese has been tagged with RFID and sold to consumers, as have uh, Mach 3 razor products and other Gillette razor products, without the knowledge of the consumer. One of the tiny chips could actually even be the, the, the dot on the letter I on the back of the fine print on a package that you purchase. They were talking about having reader devices in every airport, on every bus, on every train, on every port, on every dock. One of the most worrisome applications of RFID are proposals to put them into cash, meaning that you would be able to track every banknote, where it had been, who it had been issued to, and create, in essence, an audit trail. That would, that would um, essentially take away the anonymity of cash that we now enjoy today. The ATM machine itself, as the money was came through the, the roller device, would be, would be reading each number, and they would know who you are because, of course, you identify yourself at the bank before you take money out. And down the road, when you go to pay um, at a major retailer, it would also be possible for them, as they're putting the money into the cash drawer, to simply feed it through a little reader device. It would go in, it would uh, tag that number and transfer possession from Aaron Russo, say, to Walmart. Once everything you do is tied down to a single number and there is no longer the ability to pay with cash, then all it takes to render you a non-citizen is to simply turn that chip off. You will no longer be able to really participate in any function in society, including by food. So through the implementation of the Federal Reserve System, the American citizen has gone from being a private individual who had real money, gold, in his possession that was private to a citizen who has no privacy because all money is now being Pause. digitized. They when you understand this, that's why it is so easy for me to give in offerings. Because you have nothing. It's, it's paper. It, it's worthless paper. They're going to switch to another system. So, you, you know, save all the cash you want. They're going cashless. So that's why, and that's what Jesus talked about. Why would you hold corruptible things when you could, you could use it to build the kingdom of God and reap what's incorruptible? In this life, where God, God will supply you with whatever the currency is of that day. Continue. Can deduct whatever amount of money they want out of your digits whenever they want. They can trace you whenever they want. You'll be at their mercy. God forbid we allow this to happen in America. This is absolutely Orwellian. I mean, it's talking about Big Brother looking over your shoulder at absolutely everything you do, every purchase you make, every place you go, um, every company you interact with. All of that would be reported back potentially to the government. Look, even he put the verse in. It's not a Christian movie. And no man can buy or sell unless he had the mark in, in his hand or in his forehead. Pause. 2005. Watch how accurate this is, especially in light of COVID. Go ahead. Pizza Palace, guaranteed hot in 30 minutes or it's free. This is Mary. May I take your order? Hi, uh, Mary. Yes, I'd like to order. Is this Mr. Kelly? 
Uh, yes? Thank you for calling again, sir. I share your national identification number as 610-204-9998-45-54610. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. I see you live at 736 Montrose Corp, but you're calling from your cell phone. Are you at home? I'm just leaving work, but I'm... Oh, we can deliver to Bob's Auto Supply. That's at 175 Lincoln Avenue, yes? No, I'm on my way home. How do you know all this stuff? We just got wired into the system, sir. Oh, well... Pause. I'd like to order a couple of... You realize, like, when they made this movie, none of this stuff existed. There was no Uber Eats. They, you know, this, this was all, like, this was the part of this movie that when you watched it back in 2005, it was like, all right, I think you're taking it a little too far. Now you do it every day. And those companies don't work with the government. The government, they are CIA companies. Continue. Your double meat special pizzas. Sure thing. There'll be a new $20 charge for those, sir. What do you mean? Sir, the system shows me that your medical records indicate that you have high blood pressure and extremely high cholesterol. Luckily, we have a new agreement with your national health care provider that allows us to sell you double meat pies as long as you agree to waive all future claims of liability. What? Do you agree, sir? You can sign the form when we deliver, but there is a charge for processing. The total is $67 even. $67? Well, that includes the delivery surcharge of $15 to cover the added risk to our driver of traveling through an orange zone. Pause. I live in an orange zone? That. Because you live in an orange zone. This was all pre-COVID. and I mean, way, 16 years before it happened. There's going to be an extra fee because you now live in an orange zone. Roll it. Yeah, you do. Looks like there was another robbery on Montrose yesterday. Hmm. You could save $48 if you ordered our special Sprout Submarine combo and picked it up yourself. Comes with tofu sticks. Those are very tasty, sir. Good value, too. But I want double meat. Well, I'm sure you can afford the $67 then. You just bought those tickets to Hawaii. They weren't cheap, eh? Oh, but I see you checked out the budget beach bum at the library last week. Hmm. Up to you, sir. All right, all right. I'll get the sprout subs. Good choice, sir. Gotta watch that waist if you're hitting the beach, eh? 42 inches. Wow. Man, I'd say tofu and sprouts is like... Required. That's how much? Just between you and me, there's a $3 off coupon in this month's Total Men's Fitness magazine. Your wife Betty subscribes to that, right? Anyhow, clip that and it's $19.99 even. Whoa, looks like you maxed out on all your credit cards. Bring cash, okay? Have we become so controlled and so ignorant about our rights? And now you understand why, why Trump was hated by Republicans and Democrats and, and the entirety of the media... It wasn't because of his personality. It was because he didn't, he didn't answer to those people. He was a free agent. He did what he wanted. Whether you like him or don't like him, he did his own thing. He was not the approved candidate. He got in, did what he wanted, and they, you know, if, if he was in Libya or someplace like that where no one would care, they would have just had him killed. But instead, they, they did what they did to root him out. And uh, now they're going to look to put him in jail for the rest of his life. That's how you do it in America. You take everybody's money, freeze all their assets, and basically make them wish they were dead. Roll it. The big institutions and big government can do whatever they want with us, even without our approval? I knew for certain the founding fathers would resist to the death what is happening in America today. And I, for one, will not accept a national ID card. And if nobody accepts a national ID card, and nobody can board a plane with that one, then let the airlines go bankrupt. And if you can't open a bank account in a big money center bank, 
then open an account in a small local bank. And if we can't walk into a federal building, I personally would consider that a blessing. Don't allow these institutions to dictate to us how we conduct our lives. Plus, this is America. So does the QR code for COVID make sense? The, the passport? It's a guise to implement something that they've wanted to do for a long time. Control where you can walk into, whether you can fly on airplanes or not. Using <laughs> a manufactured virus that was let out of a bio lab. It's, the, it's all planned. The permits for the vaccines were filed before the, va before the uh, COVID had hit the news or anything. Continue. And we have free choice. We the people have all the power, not the government. Government gets its power from us, not the other way around. Think of all the men and women who died in all our wars, fighting for freedom, not Federal Reserve bankers. Do you think they sacrificed their lives so that Americans can be chipped like a dog? So we could all have a homing device inside us? No. This ID card is the last step before they implant us. And that's precisely the reason nobody should accept one. And you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna call on the propaganda machine, the media, and try and sell this as if we're in everybody's best interest. We're working on a product that we have called internally a PLD. PLD stands for Personal Locating Device, which is an implantable GPS for which our company owns a patent. The hybrid of the two of these products, being Digital Angel and Verichip, is what we call PLD. PLD should be in prototype form by the end of this year, by December of 2002, and we are already working with the Food and Drug Administration as well as legislative agencies with these products and ultimately with the PLD. We have a Florida family who are really pioneers in a brave new world. They have volunteered to be the first ever to have microchip identification devices implanted into their body. After 9-11, I was really concerned um, with the security of my family. I wouldn't mind having something planted permanently in my arm that would identify me. Talk about identification papers. Watch what happens to a woman in Florida whose license was suspended. Get out of the car or I'm going to tase you. The next street off the secret. Driving with a suspended driver's license. is in the people. And to the extent that government becomes alienated from the people, does things that people don't want, power is transferred until you finally come to a police state, totalitarian state, whatever word you want to give it, where the desires of the people really have no, no consequence. 
They go out and they vote. It doesn't make any difference which candidate they elect. Watch this. For, um, 16 years ago. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. How do you know that to be the case? Because in October of 2000, I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney at the company I work for in Oviedo, Florida that did just that. And when you say did, did just that, it would rig an election? It would flip the vote 51-49 to whoever you wanted it to go to and whichever race you wanted to win. And would that program that you designed be something that elections officials that might be on county boards of elections could detect? They'd never see it. So how would such a, such a program, a secret program that uh, fixes the election, how could it be detected? You would have to view it either in the source code or you'd have to have a receipt and then count the hard paper against the actual vote total. Other than that, you won't see it. Voting machine manufacturers refuse to allow anyone to see the source code. Without paper ballots, the honesty of any election cannot be verified. This is not talking about Given the Trump the election. the availability of such uh, vote rigging software and the testimony that has been given under oath of substantial statistical anomalies and gross dis dis differences between exit polling data and the actual tabulated results. Do you have an opinion whether or not Ohio election, the Ohio election, presidential election, was hacked? Yes, I would say it was. So in other words, there's absolutely no assurance whatsoever in anything with regard to these machines? Absolutely none. Anybody who trusts electronic voting machines should have their head examined. Now it was back then. Many of the voting machine companies are owned and operated by foreign agencies. Wow, what a quote. Now we can see a new world coming into view. A world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. The new world order will be built and end run on national sovereignty. Eroding it piece by piece will accomplish much more than the old fashioned frontal assault, Council on Foreign Relations. We shall have world government, whether or not we'd like it. The only question is whether world government will be achieved by conquest or consent. Paul Warburg, Council on Foreign Relations and architect of the Federal Reserve System. There's a group that get together internationally and they sort of play God with our money. You think that's part of what George Bush said was the one world order? They can't have a new world order uh, only with, uh, you know, a world police, a military. Right. I think the financial system ultimately is even more important than the guns. The central bankers of the world are working together to create a one world government, a global police state as sinister as anything George Orwell ever wrote about, where every person on the planet Earth will have an RFID chip implanted, where the bankers and the governments can monitor every transaction you make. A chip and everybody would be the universal monetary system par excellence. 
because there'd be no escape from it. And you'd be uh, totally under the control of those who issue the electronic impulses in that chip. Their strategies are being accomplished through the World Trade Organization, the International Monetary Fund, and the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank for all the central banks of the world. Most people don't have a clue that these unelected private bankers actually control the governments of the world. They have financed and profited from every war since World War I without concern for humanity. The war in Iraq is an attempt by the Federal Reserve and their partner, the Bank of England, to control the Middle East and to make it a part of the New World Order. Pause. It's the whole reason we were in the Middle East. Same thing I said about Gaddafi is uh, true with Saddam Hussein. He, he, he wasn't playing ball with the central banks, wanted to keep Iraq sovereign, and they killed him. Of course, they point out, oh, he, he's, missed, he's killed the Kurdish people. Look, okay, what's uh, the guy in China, Chi, what's he doing to the, the Uyghur Muslims right now? He has over a million of them in concentration camps. How come no one's doing anything about that? Because it has nothing to do with people and care for people. It has to do with money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Is a scripture that's more just about personal greed. It's, a, it's about what, how the world under Lucifer works. Go ahead. To defend the new world order, U.S. soldiers will have to kill and die. Arthur Schlesinger, Counselor on Foreign Relations. Military men are just dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns in foreign policy. Henry Kissinger, Council on Foreign Relations. You know, it kind of ruins life to know this stuff. Because then, like, I go to a baseball game on the 4th of July, they have a veteran come out to throw the first pitch, and you realize it's just a smoke, you know, that the people in power will do that, will make it look noble. And I'm not saying this anti-military people, but it's these wicked men use those people, and then they'll throw you a little... Parade and fireworks show to cover their tracks, basically. Continue. Now let's listen to this quote by Robert Reich, a member of President Clinton's cabinet and one of his most trusted advisors. The dirty little secret is that both houses of Congress are irrelevant. America's domestic policy is now being run by Alan Greenspan and the Federal Reserve. Wow. America's foreign policy is now being run by the International Monetary Fund. When the president decides to go to war, he no longer needs a declaration of war from Congress. That's true. Dr. Carol Quigley, professor from Georgetown University, who was also President Clinton's mentor, said in his book, Tragedy and hope. The powers of financial capitalism had a far-reaching aim. Nothing less than to create a world system of financial control in private hands, able to dominate the political system of each country and the economy of the world as a whole. And then President Clinton's Deputy Secretary of State, Strobe Talbot, said, in the next century, 
Nations as we know it will be obsolete. All states will recognize a single global authority. All these supposed free trade agreements, NAFTA, GATT, CAFTA, are truly nothing more than the governments of the world and the central banks working together to create a one world government. They are not free trade. These treaties are government managed trade and they are destroying the American worker. Through these treaties, the bankers are actually beginning to control the laws of the world. The fact is that this relationship between the bankers, the government, and the huge multinational corporations is the very reason why the government no longer enforces its immigration laws. The bankers want a one world government without borders, and the American government is obeying them. If Pause. the government was so worried about terror, I miss this stuff when I watched it the first time because there, you didn't hear anything about illegal border crossings and all that. Go ahead. Why are they leaving the borders open? But at the same time, telling American citizens they need an ID card with an RFID chip. Osama bin Laden could not come over here and limit your rights or my rights to free speech from search and seizure from all of these elements in the Bill of Rights. Impossible for him to do that. They could never accomplish that on their own. But through our government, they've apparently accomplished that. Look what happened in Europe. The people that voted down the European Constitution wanted each country to stay sovereign. Yet the private central bankers are pushing the governments forward to make this constitution happen, even though the people voted against it and clearly do not want a world government nor one European government. Now pay close attention to this quote by David Rockefeller, and you'll understand what is happening in the world today and where the American people are heading as a nation. We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subjected to the lights of publicity during those years. But now, the world is more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government. The supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. David Rockefeller, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, actually believes that we would be better off if he and his bank of friends ran the world.
Benito Mussolini had a great quote about fascism. He said that fascism should be called corporatism more properly because it's the perfect merger of power between the corporation and the state. That's how we define fascism. And that's what we're seeing here. The media uh, controls the information that a person gets. In various ways, they can make sure that the average American watching the tube or reading the newspaper uh, is going to come out with a certain mindset. He's going to say, this is good, that's bad, and that's all they have to do. You look at the ownership of corporate media in this country. Who owns CBS? Viacom? Who owns NBC? GE? Who owns ABC? Disney? Americans have been taught to expect their salvation from government instead of recognizing government as, a, as the most dangerous threat they'll face in their lives. And the United States putting together a constitution now for Iraq. You know, why don't we just give Mars? I mean, think about it. It served us well for over 200 years, and we don't appear to be using it anymore, so... Okay. <laughs>
You are standing against all that. See, I don't see, I don't see church and ministry and that stuff as two separate things. When people get filled with the Holy Spirit, they can't hook in with the world spirit. The Bible says you have not received the spirit of this world. You have received the spirit of Christ. When people get saved, born again, and filled with the Holy Ghost, they, there's just something in them that won't participate with that. That's why. That, why do you think? <laughs> so why do you think they want churches closed? They don't want thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people gathering every weekend and getting something put into them that undoes all of that plan in them. And again, if you go, well, you know, there's nothing you can do. No, then you don't have a Bible with the book of Exodus in it because they had nothing. They had no military. They had no U.S. Constitution. And the Bible says when they prayed, God heard their prayer and remembered his covenant with them and knew it was time to act. And he raised up a prophet. You don't destroy wicked political institutions through political institutions. You do it through power, through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Revival destroys the wickedness. It uproots wickedness that's in a nation. And that's where I would differ from people who make movies like that. The people need to rise up. If the people rise up without God, the people will be smashed back down with an iron fist. If you rise up in the power of God, like Moses did, nobody can stop you. That's why, and I, I never saw anybody do it today, but you know, when I used to do stuff like this, you'd have people write, why don't you stick to preaching the gospel? They don't see the correlation. God has an interest in destroying the Babylonian Egyptian system that keeps people in bondage. And he does it through his word, and he does it by his power. I want you to notice, I'm going to finish with this, Exodus 11.1. 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will strike Pharaoh in the land of Egypt with one more blow. After that, Pharaoh will let you leave this country. In fact, he'll be so eager to get rid of you that he will force you all to leave. Tell all the Israelite men and women to ask their Egyptian neighbors for articles of silver and gold. And in that way, they plundered the Egyptians. That's what they were... That's what we remember at Passover time. God intervened and they stripped the wealth of Egypt. I'm going to tell you something. If you didn't watch my prophecy going into 2021, you need to watch it again. 2020 was a year of judgment in the house of God. 2021 is a year of judgment against the enemies of the children of God. Second Chronicles 20. And it ends like Exodus. With a wealth transfer, God not only defeated their enemies, what they had taken from his children was given back to them. The wealth of the wicked, are those men, would you call those men wicked? I would. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for who? The just. And that time is now. Explosive financial increase. 
The harsher they oppressed the Israelites, the more they multiplied. You actually have something in your spiritual DNA as a, as a believer that causes you to thrive in difficult times. Last year was the first difficult year I've ever had in the ministry. I've never had government opposition to having church. I've never done that. And the year before that was our best year financially. And that year almost doubled up the year before. When the pressure gets turned up, when they throw you in a fiery furnace, we are built to thrive in that. The harsher they oppressed the children of God, the more the children of God multiplied. And when it was over, the Israelites left with all their silver and all their gold. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. They made plans to destroy their families, to kill the firstborn child, of uh, uh, the male of every family. But it didn't work. I'm going to tell everybody, you know, do you know how many conservative people are going to be in hell? People that know everything that's on that video we just played and know it better than Aaron Russo or me. And they're going to go to the same hell that those central bankers are going to go to. Because you don't get to go to heaven because you wake up to the fact that there's corruption in the world. You must be born again. The thing that delivered Hebrew, the Hebrews out of Egyptian captivity was the blood of the lamb applied to the doorposts of their home. It's spiritual. You don't get to go to heaven because you subscribe to Alex Jones. It's not about knowing about corruption and knowing the systems in place. Can you imagine if you were an Israelite in Egypt, you knew how wicked it was and everything, and then when it was time for you to apply the blood of a lamb to the doorposts of your home, nah, I'm, you know, I'm not really into that. Then you die with everybody else. It, now, if you hate God, you scream and rail against God, you officiate gay pride parades and mock Christ and grind up on a cross and you don't want anything to do with it. No, well, that makes sense then to not get saved. But if you're against all the things the Bible is against and for all the things that the Bible's for, but you've never received Jesus Christ, what are you doing? I don't understand. You're for Bible morality. You're for the family. But you've never, you don't get to go to heaven because you have a proper moral code. You must be born again. You need a savior. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I want you to receive Christ now. Don't put it off one more hour. If you really want to take a stand against that wicked system, you need to get born again and you need to have Christ by a mystery reside on the inside of you. That where you used to be weak, now you're strong. Pray this prayer with me right now and pray it out loud where you're at. Say this, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I repent of my sin. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, 
I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to write, I did in the comments. I want, you know, it's a live program. I want to see who prayed. And then secondly, I want you to go to revivaltoday.com and click, I just got saved. Fill that form out completely. And I'm going to send you a Bible and other material to help you live the Christian life. I'm here for you. It's not a two-part scam to then get you on a mailing list and solicit funds. If you don't want to, you'll never hear from me again. I actually just want you to go to heaven, believe it or not. Revivaltoday.com, click I just got saved and fill that out completely. And I'll send it out today. Oh, that's awesome, Joyce. We did. That's awesome, Lori, and whoever's with you. Danielle, awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thomas, I'm so glad. Welcome to the family of God. For those of you that are already born again, I'm going to read one more scripture, and I'm going to give a call to action. Malachi 3, verse 6. I'm the Lord and I change not. That's why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? Should a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever rob you? You have robbed me of the tithes and offerings due to me. And you're under a curse. For your whole nation's been cheating me. Now listen to this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. If you do, uh, so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord, see if I won't open the windows of heaven for you. Everybody write for me. And pour you out a blessing that's so great you won't have room enough to take it all in. Try it and put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will rebuke the insects and disease that devour them. Then all the nations of the world will call you blessed. Look at the verse above that. At that time I will put you on trial. I am eager to witness against all sorcerers and adulterers and liars. I will, listen to this. I will speak against those, Malachi 3, 5. I will judge those who cheat employees of their wages, who oppress widows and orphans. The fact, now I know my crew that's watching isn't like this. But the fact that you have Christians object to tithes and offerings and get mad about that, and they've never gotten mad about any of the stuff that's on that video, you are dealing with a true sucker. Think of all the Christians that rail against tithing. I don't think you have to do it. I think it's just... And they've never actually... The thing that's an actual scam, they've never opposed it one day in their life. You talk about a stupid person. And I know that's not you. God said, when, when you tithe and give offering, 
the verse above it. There's actually an element to God that he goes to war against people who oppress you as a widow, as an orphan, for people who mess with the wages of employees. That's what it said there in Malachi 3, 5. Didn't say mess with, I, that's uh, my term. I'm eager to go against them. One of the things indirectly that that video has done for me is I realize the power of giving because I'm not hooking my money into the world system. I'm hooking it into God's system. And God's system does two things when you hook your money into it. Number one, it goes to war with the, the forces that are against your prosperity, your personal prosperity. God goes against them. And number two, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that's so great, you'll never have enough room to take it all in. There is no doubt in my mind. I was driving in, in Texas last week by all these commercial properties, and I thought, if the globalists during COVID had their way, probably two out of three of them would be for, for sale or for lease. And they were all packed, restaurants packed. There is no doubt in my mind that there are too many tithing, giving Christians for their plan to have worked. It somehow just messed up what they had planned. It doesn't even make any sense. Unemployment was supposed to go to 40%. Businesses were supposed to fail. And if I took a show of emoji hands, how many believers are here right now that experienced God's supernatural provision during the COVID lockdown and actually prospered? It would be alarming. Thank you, Pastor Mike. I want to challenge you. When I, go, when I go off the air, I'm going to show you, and I want you to watch it. We're building a church, a church that's never going to shut down, a church that's going to have its own natural gas generators. So if they shut the power grid off, we're not shutting down. I'm gearing up for spiritual war. We'll have that church open very shortly, just a handful of months. I want to challenge you to hook in with God's financial system right now. It's, it literally is your only chance of counteracting that. And I, I don't take it for granted when you do. You know, the Bible does say to tithe and give offerings, but it doesn't say to tithe and give offerings to me. So for you making the choice to make our ministry your soil, I want to express my appreciation. I put together today on the heels of this video a thank you pack that will further, now that your interest is peaked on, on finances and money. My book, my first book I wrote, Financial Overflow, 10 Bible Principles to Unlock Heaven's Unending Supply. For the first time now, it's available in hardback. I'm going to send that to everyone who gives $100 or more. But I don't mean to feel like, uh, sound like somebody on PBS, but that's not all. So that's my book that I want you to read. It'll change your life. Another one. Understanding Financial Prosperity by Bishop David Oyedepo. Life-changing book. And then a third one by a minister that God used to change my life. This book, You're Not Broke, You Have a Seed by Dr. Leroy Thompson. And it gets you to understand the power 
of a seed, which is what God refers to your, your giving as, a seed, because you're not donating it or giving it. That, that's giving something away. When you give into God's kingdom, it's actually a seed that goes into the ground of God's kingdom and comes back like the little boy's lunch. Five loaves and two fishes. You use it to feed a multitude instead of feeding you, and it comes back as 12 baskets. That's how it works. You're not broke. You have a seed, understanding financial prosperity, and then my hardcover book. That's a pretty nice welcome packet or thank you packet for everybody that gives $100 or more to stand with us to build that church. Now, if you do 1000 or more, I'm believing God to speak to 300 people that will sow at the $1,000 level or more. We've had 200 do it already out of the 500 I'm believing for. And we're sending Revival Today Kingdom Builders Bibles that we just came out with. It has pictures of my 20 years in evangelism in the back of the Bible. You can take that off the screen. I have one. Pictures in the back. It's New King James, genuine leather. And it says the Revival Today Kingdom Builders on the front. That's a, a, a nice gift as my way of saying thank you to everyone who gives at the $1,000 level or more. Why not plant a seed in the ground today? That cause and believe for the devil to take his hand off your money. And for God to open the windows of heaven. 5,000 or more. One terabyte of my preaching. If you enjoyed today, this is everything I've ever been recorded preaching. Plus Adonis' message. From our 20 years in the ministry. Along with everything else. I want to hear from you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And I thank you in advance for standing with us. As we make the biggest move we've ever made in our ministry. God will bless you. Seek ye first the advancement of the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when you do, all the other things that you would be going after instead, I'll just add them unto you. That's God's plan. Let's pray. Father, as your people do today, what you speak to them in their heart to do. I thank you that you cut the hand of the devil off of their money the feeling like they can never get ahead and secondly i thank you for the windows of heaven that are open over our life pouring out a blessing that's so great we'll never have enough room to take it all in thank you for property ownership debt free thank you for home ownership debt free thank you that every plan of the globalists everything that's being launched by an antichrist spirit thank you that you put us in the opposite direction and their plans fail, and your plan for us succeeds. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the ways to sow. Hashtag donate on Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook, you put hashtag donate in the comments. You can text RT to 50155. Cash app, dollar sign RT give. Venmo. At Revival Today, uh, at RT Give, PayPal, RevivalToday.com slash PayPal. If you want to give crypto, RevivalToday.com, click Give and it's under there. Or you can call us at 412-446-2332. Or you can scan that QR code. If you prefer mailing it, make it out to Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, 
Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. Again, if all that's too confusing, just go to RevivalToday.com and click the Give Now button. Don't forget to claim your offer at RevivalToday.com. Click Claim My Offer because not all the ways uh, collect your name and address, and then I have no way to send you what I promised you. If you want to speak to a human being, we have friendly ones, 412-446-2332, and they'll take care of you. Thank you again for standing with us. I'm headed to Oklahoma City. Uh, in about 30 hours. Winners Church, Oklahoma City. And then the week after that, Choose Life Church in Hobbs, New Mexico. I'm expecting those to be the best meetings we've ever had. I have a, a good feeling in my spirit about that week. So do what you can to get to New Mexico. And then I mentioned that we're building a church right now here in Pittsburgh. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know about that. Listen, if you haven't subscribed to me on any platform, at J.D. Shuttlesworth on all social media, I run those accounts myself. You can ask me questions. I can't get to all of them, but I can get to a lot of them. And make sure you get our app. I don't know how much longer the powers that be are going to allow programming like this on YouTube and Facebook. So the quicker you get our app and start watching on the app, the better. It's free to subscribe. And it's on the App Store, Google Play. Now we're on Roku, Fire TV, Android TV, and Apple TV. Check out uh, our new church. I love you so much, and I'm glad that you, that you watched today. Charles, Amber, Shay, Cotton. Lisa said, are you coming to Montreal soon? I don't know if you've been following uh, Canadian news or not, but... I'm in America, and uh, Trudeau is turn, put, putting an iron curtain up right now between us and you. You know, if I came to Montreal to preach, I'd have to quarantine two weeks and then preach, assuming they, they uh, didn't send cops to shut the meeting down. So even if they didn't, I'd have to take three weeks of my life to preach a one-week meeting. See you soon, Gerald. Love you, Jackie, on the app. Heidi, it was great seeing you, Ninja Buddha. Everybody asking when I'm coming somewhere. Let me ask you a question. When are you coming to where I'm at? I just told you I'm going to be in Oklahoma City, and I'm going to be in Hobbs, New Mexico. And then I'm going to be in Florida in August. I can't get to everybody's house and hometown. Learn to travel to meetings. It'll do you a lot of good. Here's our church. Love you. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.